0: Welcome to the Seeds of Wisdom series, brought to you by From a Loving Place with author Rachel Wolfe. If you like deep meaningful conversations, this is your place. So settle in and enjoy today's guest. Disclaimer: The Seeds of Wisdom digs into some deep subject matter. In order to plant a seed, we have to dig in the dirt. That's how we grow. If any of the subject matter feels like too much, it is important to seek your own mental health support. I did, and it's why I'm able to be here doing this today. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Seeds of Wisdom, and today I have with me Leslie Urbis. Is that saying it right?
1: You got it. Awesome.
0: Awesome. And she's gonna talk about her seed, which I am so excited for because I really wanna hear about it, is the secret energy of food. And I am going to let Leslie introduce herself so that we can dive in and you can see why I had to have her on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, of course, thank you for that. Uh, As she stated, I am Leslie Urbis. I am a registered dietitian by trade uh, and I work with people around what I call the secret energy of food. What that really means is that in my signature system, there's four pillars. One is the energy of you. It's called energy mastery and the energy of objects and the energy of us in the world. So that is a key piece. The second piece is the nutrition piece. Uh, You know, what are you eating? How are you eating? Where is it coming from? Which also ties into some of the secret energy of food, the secret energy of food itself. And then the last piece is the neuroscience, what are you saying to yourself? How are you saying it to yourself and what's really happening behind the scenes? So that way you can deep dive into who you really are uh, without food being more than just food, without it having all the extra meaning.
0: So I love this. And one of the things I love and that attracted me instantly to to you is that you call yourself a health concierge. And I just I love the thought of that because people have so much darkness and shame connected to health and wellness. And I thought this was just such a way of embracing what it really should be about. So agreed. So how did you get there? How did you get to the, that position of concierge?
1: You know, I feel like there's so much out there between like, I'm a nutrition coach and I'm a health coach and I'm a dietitian and I'm the person that's going to save you and follow me because I did it. And everything spells hard work. You know, restrict this, don't eat that. It's not hard. It's just a five in one plan. Open this box, consume said item, et cetera. It's still hard because you're giving up the things that you love the most right so health concierge to me is like a done for you service where it is so easy it's like oh I lost another few pounds this week that's amazing you know that was the easiest thing I've ever done you know sort of like you know riding a bike none of us forget how to ride it we get back on maybe at first we're a little wobbly but as long as we don't have, we're not on like a major road we all know how to ride the bike, right? Well, we all intuitively know inside of ourselves what we need to eat and how we need to eat and when we need to eat, but we lose those things at a young age. So why I say health concierge is through the services that I do and the signature system that I have, I really step into people's psyche so they can understand that you can't get to home plate if you're still holding on to first base you have to take that step. And when you step into learning all these pillars and where you're going, you get the results you're looking for.
0: Oh, I I love that. And I love that you bring it all together. It's not just one piece of the puzzle, you know, And because I feel like so many people do a disservice because they bring in a piece without looking at the whole of it. Because I know for me, the whole of it really matters. I, I remember I used to go on a treadmill for like an hour <laughs> and just try to bust it and bust it and bust it and in the meantime I was not I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. I didn't like myself, you know, for doing it. And it was like all of a sudden I got that aha moment of like no, this isn't the way it needs to be. So I started taking walks that I loved. Just in nature and not having the attitude of I need to lose weight. And just that shift in, this is healthy for me, body, mind, and soul, taking nature walks is healthy for me. Mm -hmm. It made Mm -hmm. a huge difference. And I ate differently (laughs) because my attitude is in the right place. So that's one of the reasons I am so, I love what you do is because it, you take it all. You, you really look at that. So let's talk more about the energy of food, the secret energy of food. What, what exactly is, does that mean?
1: So the best way I have to describe this is, have you ever walked into a store wanting to buy something? You know exactly what you want to buy. Let's even say a car. I'll mm-hmm. go with this. This is a great story with me, a car. I knew exactly the car I wanted. I wanted a Honda Civic back a few years ago, 2013, after I crashed my car. I wanted a four-door Honda Civic. I wanted it black. I didn't care about the seats inside. I had to have a sunroof. I had to have Bluetooth and had to have a backup camera because I didn't have one in my last car. Right. So I'm like, these are the things that it has to have. So my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, so you know he put in a lot of effort, found some cars. And I said I was fine with a used car. I didn't need to buy a new car because we were unsure of if we were going to get engaged and get married and have kids, et cetera. I just, you know, knew people were tired of climbing in the backseat of my two door, you know, Honda Civic. So. We go to this first one, wonderful place, very good atmosphere, felt great. I felt great. The connection felt great. I wanted the car, right? But the car had had an accident, right? And we all know buying a car that's been in an accident reduces its value, whatever, you know, they teach us. So I was a little hesitant. So we moved onward. We went to go see the other Honda Civic, which was located 35 minutes away from us. Uh, And we got there and it was like, I went from looking at the Honda Civic I wanted to all these other things that I didn't really want. And all of a sudden I'm looking at a car that's way more expensive than I wanted with all the bells and whistles. That's not even the make or model. Well, I guess it was a make, not the model Mm -hmm. that I wanted. And I was like, I don't feel good anymore. Right. Like it doesn't feel right. Right. So that experience is really what's happening with food and you have it every day but you're unaware of it, because when you were little, you understood it, but you were refuted it, okay? Mom, I'm thirsty. No, you just drank something. Mom, I'm hungry. No, you just ate. You refused to eat. Because you refused to eat what I gave you, you don't get anything else, okay? Mm -hmm. Then you go to school and you're told, eat here, drink here, eat here, drink here. We're getting better with the drinks at least in school. Most kids are allowed to walk around with them, right? Okay. But I mean, feel that like you just feel that like it's palpable. Do what I say now, okay? Now, yes, I understand that there's a direction where kids have to be taught that because they have to learn direction, and there's only so many times you can say it kindly. Because saying please and thank you at points doesn't work. When you say mom says put your toy away firmly, it comes across somewhat rude because normally you make them say please, right? Okay, <laughs> but you're getting the gist there, right? Yes. So with the food angle, you're intuitively understanding. So fast forward to now me understanding more about food. Okay. My 14 years as a dietitian, I really started to step into energy, really learning how energy works, right? Energy is everything, right? Energy is money. Energy is you and me talking. Energy is everything, right? So as I started to step into that, I really processed that food plays a toll on people. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't eat something that you desire. It's just based on how good do you wanna feel? What energy exchange do you want? And how do you feel with it? Other day, my husband cooked a meal and I looked at it and I was like, nothing wrong with what he did. I just don't wanna eat it. I wasn't like, "Mm, I feel like I'm gonna not want this. My son, who's two, was not forced to eat it because I don't force my kids to eat food, okay? but he didn't touch it. My daughter ate a tiny bit and didn't left it. And I ate the portion that I knew that I should, because I didn't want my husband to feel bad that none of us ate it. Right. Because I'm the older one in that situation. Less than 30 minutes later, I came out to this very office and I was like, I feel sick. I didn't puke. I didn't throw up. I just felt sick. And the next day was definitely apparent in my body. So why? Because I understand the intuitive nature of that and everybody has it. Everybody has that physical capability of losing weight, of being in alignment with the foods that work with their body. And everybody's a little bit different. Now, that does play into seasons and where you live and all that kind of stuff. But it's all possible for you to do when you understand that the, the food that you consume is just like the used car salesman. Some of it is telling you, don't buy me. And some of it is saying, I'm the right one for you. Even though I've had an accident, like I'm an apple with a bruise, I'm the one you should consume. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. Oh, I just, I love that explanation of that. Now, how did you, how did you get here? I mean, how did you really uncover that connection for yourself? Yeah. So what's funny is, is that
1: uh, the weirdest way. So, you know, when I How I even became a dietitian is really just funny. I say it's because when I was a kid, I was obsessed with calories, which is true. I was obsessed with calories, but I was also obsessed with my mom saying, Oh, an apple's better than a chocolate bar. Why? She couldn't answer. Why? Well, then, I mean, why do I have to believe that? Right? I was always that kid. But I actually stepped into being a dietitian because my sister was going to go to a school that was close to our home in St. Louis and learned to be a dietitian, but chose not to. She chose a different path. I wasn't ready to move away, which is hilarious, because I'm now living in Spain, and my parents are in St. Louis, Missouri, but anybody would have never believed I would ever leave my mom. Um, anyway, so I was like, I'm going to go to school and do what she was going to do. That's the school I want to go to, and I'm going to follow what my sister was supposed to do, which is being a dietitian, and I am a box checker, so I was great at checking my box. People would change their you know, major, and I'm like... I'm not changing my major. Why would I change my major? That sounds like more school. I'm not doing more school. What do I want more loans for? Right? So this is my rationalization. So I followed it through box checker and all, went to my internship, was offered a job in the military, landed the job in the military because I'm a great box checker. I did good in the military, but not efficient enough for me to desire to stay. And I moved forward in my career and actually went back as a civilian and did my exact same job for the military, where I realized everything that I wanted to help people with, I'm unable to, based on the law that the military covers me on. Right. Mm-hmm. So I moved onward um, when I started to get too stressed after having a kid. And I actually got fired from a job and, you know, tried to glorify MLM and then went, why am I not doing the business for myself? When I sat in school as a diet to learn to be a dietitian, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So as I stepped into my role of entrepreneur, I went through many phases. No one got what I was trying to communicate. And about uh, about June of last year, um, I met a girl who was a stylist. It was just a conversation we were having and I went, I'm going to hire this stylist and I don't know why. Like, I mean, I do want to revamp my look. I do want to look a little different. I want to feel different. So I know I'm going to hire her. And I, to this day, I'm so thankful for it. And she did energy work with me. And when we started to end, I went, I can't be done. So I learned more about energy work. And then I met the woman who created the energy work and I worked with her as a coach. And she is actually the one that wrote a book called the Energy of Food. And through working with her, she's giving me exclusive access. It's the only person that's able to teach this, work with her directly, be able to communicate it, et cetera. because as we started talking, I as soon as I as soon as I learned that she had it, it was one of those like, oh, I'm supposed to read this thing, I'm supposed to know this because in a, in a weird way, I think I've always known it but not known it, just like she always knew it but didn't know it. So uh, she is the creator of it. I give her 100% credit Um, as her, you know, protege or, uh, you know, person below, I'm the only one that's privileged to teach it. And the only first, and this is the first time it's been broadcasted in a course or a long-term program where people can really work on this and make their health, as I like to say, be forefront, because it's not just weight loss, but it's, you know, curing of disease, curing of inflammation, curing of all those things because you're finally living out the energy of your food
0: well and so I've been studying energy work too <laughs> so okay. yeah I, uh, I just finished another book on um, EFT and energy psychology and so uh, and Donna Eden was one of the people who who does a lot of the practices the energy work practices in there and just that shifting and doing these physical practices that are actually in a lot of, uh, site psych- psychology, uh, psychology techniques, like for, for healing trauma, for doing all this, they're all there, you know, and that's what the neuroscience is showing is it's, it's energy work, but they just put it in a very scientific way of understanding it. So, I love that because it really does matter. The energy of everything matters and to act like it doesn't does us all an injustice. It just does because if we're resisting it, it just makes the problem worse. You know, it's that shove it down. I don't want to (laughs) know. which Mm -hmm. Never is Mm -hmm. good.
1: Right. They'll sweep it under the rug and then you're always tripping on the rug. Oh, mm-hmm. yes,
0: yes. Yeah. I feel like I run into that every day with people. It's like, no, it does not work. It, 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 Even to come to that place of being able to say to people, I'm okay feeling sad right now. I can feel sad. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to accept how and where I feel when I feel it without trying to shove that down, because I know if I feel it, it's going to move out of me. If I don't, it's going to come out passively, aggressively on somebody else. Yeah, well, agreed. Agreed. And, yeah. And so it all ties in. And that's one of the things that about what you're doing with this energy work is I feel like it's so important because. I don't think enough people realize the damage they do by putting this negative energy on food.
1: Agreed. There are so many things that go into that too. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, just like, you know, who touched it, where was it from? What pot, what pan, what was it in the circumstances, all those things. So yes, agreed. Yeah. People are on un- unaware. Um, and I think becoming more aware mm-hmm. of what is actually, what exa- what actually they're eating, you know, you know, they, the brain fog is a real thing that most people are walking around that could be literally shield or literally released if they just knew to shift the food that was in alignment with their body. And everybody's food is slightly different with their body, right? You know, not everybody was created to eat, you know, certain types of food, et cetera. So no, I agree.
0: And I love that you say that too, because I feel like there's such this push for us all to be the same eat the same drink the same do the same things this is going to work for everybody and it's just not true and mm-hmm. so then people will try to do those things and they won't work and then they get oh that shame cycle begins Of, you know i'm doing everything that they say to do and it's not working and then that shame cycle creates that energy of yeah mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. so let's
0: um when it comes to the energy of food, how much does our own shame play into what we're doing nutrition-wise?
1: So that's the piece of the puzzle that comes in somewhat with the neuroscience. Many people probably heard something like, oh, when mommy eats that, it goes to her hips. Or, oh, no, I don't eat that. I, I'm watching my weight. Or... If you continue to eat that way, you're going to look like your aunt Susan. And you look at your aunt Susan and your aunt Susan is morbidly obese. And when your mom doesn't talk to you about what you're eating, getting to be like aunt Susan, she's over here listing off. She's lazy. She complains too much. She always calls. She's never positive, da, da, da. Laundry lists all these negative things. So now just say it's ice cream. I eat ice cream. Mom says, you keep eating that. You're going to turn out to look like your aunt Susan. What kid doesn't want ice cream? Doesn't really matter. Under the age of seven, I'm taking it all in, right? So I take in what I hear and then I come over here and all the laundry list of what Aunt Susan lives is now my laundry list. I'm now Aunt Susan. And without actually processing, you now become Aunt Susan through your age only because of your brain and it has nothing to do with anything you did. Now that goes for things like, the majority of women right now are like, I'm in menopause. So I gain weight. It's just menopause. It's only menopause because you say it's menopause. Okay. Because everybody heard from their mother, it's menopause, or I could eat like you when I was young too, but wait till your thirties. Okay. When your programs like that, and you hear it over and over and over and over, you're going to get it. What's funny is, is that men don't have the same thing because men don't vocalize as much. There are men that are the exception to the rule, but this is why women have those repetitive stories because we talk more about that vocally and we're not understanding what we actually did was program a replica of ourselves in our weight, in our nutrition, in our fitness. So that's another pillar of what I teach because you can't just say, here's your keto or intermittent fasting or here's your five-in-one plan or whatever it is somebody's handing you. That is what I call a Band-Aid going to work for a while it's going to stick and it's going to happen but every band-aid fades i don't care how big the band-aid is i don't care how sticky the band-aid is even the best sticky thing on the wall loses its stickiness right so with that you can only get so far you have to handle all the pillars or at one point you'll go back to where you were before because you didn't overwrite the pattern
0: so with that we are going to wrap up our first part of this segment of if you want to see more of this interview, because I know it's going to get really good because I am just blown away right now. Um, Stick with YouTube. YouTube has the extended video. And if you're listening anywhere else and this is the end for you, thank you for coming and know if you are here, it's because you were meant to be. Make sure to follow the links that accompany this episode you will learn a lot more about today's guest and see what they have going on now you will also get all the links to follow them on their journeys if this seed resonates with you come back next week for another seed of wisdom if you loved what you saw or listened to don't forget to subscribe to the channel